even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. This verse, 32, obviously follows verse 31. Verse 31 says that all bitterness and wrath and anger, what's the difference between wrath and anger if you were to express that? That's an example of it. How would you define the difference between wrath and anger if you were just putting one words? Wrath is an action. Yeah. Anger is knowledge. Could be. These are all good. I like to think of this as a matter of scope and scale. Be angry and sin not, right? It's possible to feel that emotion of anger. But when it escalates into this volcano eruption of fury to where you're ready to, as you said, kill somebody, to throttle them, to can't stand you anymore, anger becomes wrath. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor, what does clamor mean? You living translation, get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, clamor, equates to harsh words. If you are in the company of two people and they are speaking gently and sweetly and kindly to each other, you don't hear the words they're saying, but you can tell that they're being gentle and kind and loving in their conversation. All you can hear is the murmur of sound. How does it make you feel? How does it make you feel good, right? Kind of like a gentle stream. You hear the sound, you're not hearing the words, but you feel that peace, that calmness, that, that gentleness of the conversation. Maybe you're not close enough to hear the words in the next scenario, but this time those two people are screaming at each other. They are yelling. They are angry. How does that make you feel? Uncomfortable, right? Ooh. After a while, it'll set your teeth on edge. If you had a choice, and you can't hear the actual precise words of what's going on, but you had a choice. You have to choose either being in that room with a calm, quiet, peaceable, lovable conversation going on, or you choose to go into the room with the screaming, yelling, the cursing, but getting in each other's faces. Which one would you choose? Probably calm, quiet, and peaceable, right? Because the harsh words are clamor. It's jangling, jarring noise. And friend, if that affects us that way, how do you think it affects God when he hears us uttering harsh words? Can you say amen? Amen. Still in the New Living Translation, get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander. What is slander? Long accusations. What? Lying accusations. Lying accusations, yes. I could be accusing you of being great. Would that think you would you think of that as slander? No. A lying accusation 
could be flattered, right? What's, what's the heart of slander? Smearing somebody's name. Smearing somebody's name. Tearing them down. Politics is the epitome of slander. And they get away with it because it's protected by whatever. Just gotta be kidding me. How do you get away with the nonsense that is being said today by our politicians on both sides of the aisle? Slander is intended to smear, to malign, to destroy. Slander goes hand in hand with that other wonderful word called gossip. Is gossip typically thought about in a positive sense? No. Juicy gossip. What is juicy gossip usually about? Something bad somebody's done or is reputed to have done. Most of the time, many of the times at least, gossip is untrue. Hence, it turns into slander. Unfounded, untrue words that are said with the express intent of tearing somebody down. Are these Christian behaviors? Though they are not, they are carnal behaviors. They are the offspring of the fruit of the flesh. Anger, malice, bitterness. What else did he say to put aside? Um, bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, slander, as well as all types of what? Evil behavior. Quick. Example of evil behavior. Give me an example. Quick, quick. What comes to your mind? What's evil behavior? Stealing. Stealing. Good. There's one. What else? Lying. Lying. What else? Robbing. Cheating. What else? Robbing. What? Robbing. Robbing. Yes. What else? Murder. Murder. What else? False accusations. False accusations. Read the headlines, folks. Arson, uh, rioting. Uh, just go read the crime blotter. Evil behaviors. Oh, I don't do that. Except he lumps everything he said already. Bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, slander, as well as all types of evil behavior at all fall into the same bucket in God's eyes. I'm here to talk to you about kindness today. For the next few moments, I want to talk to you about kindness. Not only is it a commandment, this is a commandment, yes, and be ye kind one to another. That's a commandment. That's an order from God. It's also an attribute of God. Not listed normally as one of the attributes of God, but it is an attribute of God himself. Kindness. Now, pop quiz question. Would you rather be known as nice or as kind? Nice. I'm hearing a lot of crying. That's good. Most of the time when I, in the business setting, I hear people say, oh, they're really nice. That's good. Niceness is good. We need more niceness. Niceness, however, can be shallow. It can be very superficial. 
It can be uh, insincere, if you will. Do you ever see Jesus being described as being nice? I don't want to offend anybody, but stop for a moment and think. Do you ever see Jesus described as being nice? That's not nice. <laughs> How about making a whip while I'm at it? Beating up a few people while I'm at it. <laughs> Jesus was not prone to niceness. I don't want to offend anybody today. You whitewashed sepulcher. Full of venomous snakes. Was that very nice? I'm not talking about you. Who was Jesus talking to when he said that? The Pharisees. Was he nice to the Pharisees? No, he wasn't nice to the Pharisees. He was blunt. He was rude to them. They needed it. I don't find places where Jesus is described in the sense of being nice. But I find countless scenarios, countless because I don't have time to count today, where Jesus is kind. You can be kind without being nice. <laughs> you can be nice without being kind. And if I had to choose, I agree with you earlier. I would rather be known as kind than as nice. It was kindness that made him stop in the midst of that crowd. You say, that sounds like unthoughtfulness to me. There's a 12-year-old girl dying in the house. No, I've got all that in control, but I need to take time to deal, to, to reach out to this woman whose faith drove her through the press of the crowd just to touch the hem of my garment. I want to recognize her faith and tell her your faith has made you whole. That's kindness, friend. It validates her, her effort and her determination and, yes, her faith in God. Hallelujah. It was kindness that made him stop and say, wait a minute, all these people, they are fainting of hunger. What are we going to do about it? It's too far to go get food. And by the way, we don't have enough money. Yeah, we don't have money to do that, Lord. What are we going to do? Ask around. Are there, does anyone have anything? Yeah, one little basket. Five loaves, two fishes. That's perfect. The miracle of the bread and the fishes was generated by kindness. Jesus didn't want them to be hungry. And he displayed his power in a magnificence of glory out of the root of kindness. Did Jesus look for recognition in anything that he did? Half the time he's saying, go and don't tell anybody what I've done for you. He was not a celebrity hand. He wasn't out there looking for the headlines. He was there to minister. He was moved with compassion at the needs of the people that he met. Jesus is the epitome of kindness. Not always nice, but absolutely kind. 
If you go to the dictionary, at least one of the many dictionaries available, kindness is defined as the quality of being friendly, generous, and considerate. Friendly, generous, and considerate. But when you put that into action, it's a whole lot more than just friendliness, uh, generosity, and consideration. Kindness is action. It's not just a word you see up on the screen. Kindness is what you put into action. Just like faith, which without works is dead, don't tell me you're kind if you haven't done something to positively affect somebody's life. The past couple of months, I was visiting a man up in nursing home rehab center up off of Judson Road. You've heard me talk about him. He passed of throat cancer. I was asked to go and minister to this man. How do you minister to someone who can't talk to you? With his throat cancer, he could barely, barely say a few words. My soul was conflicted. Lord, what am I doing here? And I, I talked to him about the Lord. I prayed with him. But it seemed so pointless. The man was sick. The man was hurting. The man really didn't seem to want company. He was that miserable. He told me a few weeks before he died, I just wish it would all over. That hurt so badly. Miserable, alone, in this dark nursing home room. My heart was moved like, Lord, I don't know that I can do anything for this man. And the Lord impressed on me at that moment. You can give him a glass of water. Uh-huh. Yeah. So can I get you some water? Yes, please. Raspy voice, he could barely speak. He said it takes two hours to get anything. Anything that I ask, it takes two hours. He said, I've been asking for water. Nobody comes. I was able to get him a glass of water. Over the next few visits, I would ask him, can I get you a towel of some water from your forehead, please? One day I sat down on the side of his bed. He said, please, please, the emotions of research just sit with me for a while. Lonely man. And as I sat there, all of a sudden, he reached out like this. He reached out and grabbed my arm. He says, He just ordered me to sit there. My hand was for a few moments as he suffered. I felt so helpless, powerless to do anything. But I realized again at that moment a simple touch his forehead. He closed his eyes and he drifted off to sleep. And I thank God. That God taught me, reminded me a lesson in kindness. I bought him a little fan, cost me 15 bucks. 
He was miserable in the heart, begging for something to relieve it. I don't know if he ever used it more than once or twice, but he was so grateful for that the world Small things, lessons in kindness. It's one thing to say, we're praying for you, man. It's another thing to get a cup of cold water. Doesn't Jesus mention that, by the way? Just a cup of cold water. I was reminded to slow down. I was at times impatient. I had to drive 45 minutes across town traffic and everything else. And I felt impatient sometimes and a little sorry for myself sometimes. Oh, you're no okay. But when I stepped into that room, I was reminded of the kindness that God has shown me, the mercy that God has shown me. And while I know I did nothing to change the world in those few weeks that I was there, I believe that somehow, in a little sense, I changed one person's spirit. Just by a little act of kindness. Kindness doesn't take a lot out of us. Kindness and philanthropy, we talk about that word, right? We think of millionaires giving away millions of dollars. It doesn't take millions of dollars to affect somebody's life in a good way. It takes an intentional act of mercy on your part, of grace on your part, to reach out and help somebody in their time of need. Kindness is intentional. Kindness is not accidental. We can be nice by accident. Kindness is an intentional act, a deliberate Thoughtful act where we try to put a smile on somebody's face. We try to make somebody feel better in their situation. So many people, especially this time of year, we're getting into the holidays. It's very wholesome. Wow. A lot of people will stop in traffic when the panhandler comes to the window and put in a couple of bucks in there back the jar in their hands and feel like they changed the world. Oh, I did something nice. God bless you for giving me a couple bucks. That was niceness. And you weren't planning to do that. They just showed up and knocked on your window, right? Kindness is thoughtfulness. Kindness is intentional. Kindness is deliberate. Kindness is going out of your way to figure out how can I change this situation? How can I help somebody in this situation? Kindness is contagious. It's a phenomenon, and I know that it's sad because people post about it and they take away their blessing. Didn't Jesus say that the Pharisees love standing on the street corner? making a big show of their spirituality. He said, I tell you, verily, they have received their reward. That's all they're going to get. But if you go into your closet of prayer and talk to God, 
He said, your father which sees in secret will reward you openly. Phenomenal. Standing in line ordering something. I don't know, coffee, something. Happened to me once, one time in my life. I was in the drive-thru lane of Burger King. Two cars, someone ahead of me and me, no one behind me. Of course, I could have returned the favor. But as I, I placed my order, she told me how much it was going to be. And when I pulled up to the window, handed her my card to pay, she says, nope. The gentleman ahead of you just paid for your meal. Wow. That's cool. There have been situations where that's happened in a line of people where they call paying it forward, right? You, someone pays for years, and fine, let me pay for years. And you say, let me pay for years. Kindness is contagious. Yeah. Kindness can, can bring about action, good action, on other people's parts because kindness makes you feel good. Mr. Scrooge, learn to be kind. Yes, okay, amen. If I can preach out of kids' poems, I can preach out of Scrooge as well. Amen. Learn a little kindness, Mr. Scrooge. It will make you feel better. And when you feel good about yourself, if you can be kind to yourself, you can be kind to others. And let me pause on that for a moment, friend, because if you cannot be kind to yourself, if you cannot forgive yourself as God has forgiven you, if you cannot allow mercy to work in your life, even though God's mercy is working in your life, if you refuse to accept the work of mercy in your life, you're never going to be able to be effective in kindness and mercy and grace to anybody else. Amen. 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 If we believe in forgiveness, forgiveness starts at home. Amen. It's great to forgive others, but friend, how can you forgive others if you can't believe that God forgives you? Can you say amen? amen? Learn to accept kindness from God. Learn to accept forgiveness from God. And then let that kindness and mercy flow from God to you and you to somebody else. And be ye kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, It's a chain reaction, just like paying it forward in a Starbucks or in a Burger King drive-thru. When you accept the kindness and mercy of God, it can affect you, move you, have kindness and mercy on somebody else. Jesus gave that parable, we know that parable well. The king that forgave the two debtors, remember that? One owed more than he could ever pay in his life. The other owed just a small debt. But they're both debtors. Friend, I don't care if, if you could qualify yourself as just a minor sinner. If you could. For all had sinned. And come short of the glory. Amen. If you've broken one commandment, you've broken them all. Scripture says that. But if you could qualify yourself as a minor sinner versus the one who's committed every sin in the book, 
two debtors. The king says, you're both forgiven. Walk out of here. You're free. Free and clear. Would that qualify as kindness? Oh, you better believe it. I've never had Visa say, ah, your debt's forgiven. <laughs> wow. <laughs> MasterCard, your debt's forgiven. Bank called you up, said, that car you can pay on, it's paid off. Done. That'd be amazing, wouldn't it? This king in the parable forgave them out of kindness. And in the parable, the two men walk out, and just so happens in the parable that these men were not only debtors to the king, but one of them owed the other man something pretty small. But as soon as they walk out of the presence of the king, and for it is amazing what happens when people walk out of the presence of the king. It was like church, the church, <laughs> service, service, blessing. <laughs> That's a faint memory. Right back into carnality, right back into human nature. You walk out of the presence of the king, and your behavior changes. That was free help us. Amen. As soon as they walked out of the presence of the king, the man who owed everything and yet was forgiven. Turns to the man who owed very little, also forgiven, and says, by the way, buddy, you owe me money. And if you don't pay me right now, I'm going to send your family and yourself to debtor's prison. He began to choke him. He began to scream at him. Why do you think the king was upset? Was it about money? It had nothing to do with money. Why was the king upset? The kindness that he had shown to them was not reflected as soon as they walked out in the presence of the king. Their behaviors changed. One of them, at least, totally forgot about the kindness of the king. In reverse, this actually happened. It wasn't a parable. It happened. Jesus healed ten leprous men. <laughs> yes, remember that? He said, go show yourselves to the priest. That was custom. That was part of the law of Moses. Uh, if you had any kind of infectious disease and it was cured, healed, went away, you had to go and be in quarantine essentially for a while and present yourself to the priest who would inspect you and say, yeah, it looks good. You're free to reintegrate with society. They were excited. Can you imagine the excitement? A people with a literal death sentence, uh, incurable disease, not just death sentence, but isolation, cut off from family, from friends, from society. And Jesus heals them all and says, go, show yourself to the priest. And immediately they all, in their excitement, run away to the priest. Thank God. How many came back? One. One man makes his way back to Jesus. One man realized this was an act of kindness. Did Jesus have to heal those ten men? Did he have any directive in eternity that said when God manifests himself in Jesus Christ, he will heal all the lepers? 
It said that he would heal lepers, but did he have an obligation to heal all the leprous people? Jesus Christ came to do what? Scripture says. Jesus Christ came to seek and to save what? That which was lost. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but be healed from leprosy. Oh, no. Jesus was under no obligation to heal the ten lepers. But his kindness moved him to compassion, and he healed ten men with one word, go, and they ran away healed, and one threw the race of, whoa, 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 I am a victim of grace, hallelujah, somebody showed me kindness, somebody showed me mercy, they didn't have to do that, let me go back and worship him, and thank him for what he's done for me. Kindness needs to be recognized. Kindness needs to be paid forward. Kindness needs to be contagious. Someone said it this way, kind is love, and love is kind. You really can't separate the two. You tell me you love me, and you're not kind to me, I'm going to doubt your love. I can tell you all day long, I love you. But if I'm cruel, if I'm mean, if I'm dismissive, that's not love. Kindness comes from God. As I said, I call it an attribute of God. Even though it's not called that, it's one of the official attributes of God. It's the epitome of God. His love shows kindness to us. Does kindness come naturally? Does kindness come easily? Maybe niceness does. Kindness needs to be practiced. Kindness needs to be developed. Kindness needs to be matured. Kindness, you need to think about ways to be kind to somebody. Amen. Amen. Got one amen out of that. Praise God. You need to work on kindness. There's a group of people at work that do a thankless job. And more often than not, I hear people complain about them. Behind their backs and to their faces. Just this past week, one of our salespeople was rude and cruel about this group of people and their job function. I've heard untold times where people complain about that group of people. Are they the best at what they do? Some are great, some aren't. Do they invite some of that criticism they bring on themselves? In some cases, yes. But you know what I found? I made up my mind, instead of complaining about those people, when I work with them, I will find things to compliment them on. The compliment more than, hey, that's a great job. No. I like the way you handled that customer. When they had these questions, you got the right answer, the right approach. You began to be real, realistic in 
a compliment. Compliments can be so off-putting. I'm glad you're part of the team. Yeah, I hear that. But if you've been watching and you say, I like what you did, the way you handled that, that was great. You made an impact. You, you did a great job. The way you, you begin to think about a way to compliment somebody. And instead of that, that constant aura of negativity around them, you know what I found? The more I compliment them, the better job they do when they work with me the next time. Because they say you're kind, you're thoughtful, you're supportive. They like working with me, thank God, amen. Because I learned to cultivate a little aura of kindness, friend, when you think about how you can make somebody else be feel better about themselves, be empowered in what they do. You say words that are not just uh, you know, sugar, what was the candy? Cotton candy, yeah, cotton candy. You take a bite of cotton candy, just kind of, <laughs> nothing there. Quit giving cotton candy compliments, my friend. Give them something that means something, that uh, empowers them, that builds them up. People begin to react to that, and they will treat you with equal kindness in return. God help us to learn kindness. Can you say that? Put aside all this negativity. Put aside the bitterness, the harshness, the, the clamor, the slander. Put aside all of all that. Okay, got that. We're good Pentecostals. We'll live a good Pentecostal life. We're not going to do any of that bad stuff. Okay, that's good. Now, just because you're not doing bad stuff, does that mean that you're a child of God? You've got to replace the bad stuff with doing good stuff. That's why he says, get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, slander, all types of evil. Instead, instead, be kind to each other. Be ye kind one to another. Pause. I'm about done, but you need to hear this. Kindness is not a blanket reaction. Kindness is one-on-one -on -one behavior. Be kind one to another. Hey guys, great job in service this morning. That's not kindness. Elder Smith, that song. It's a blessing. Hey. You always touch the throne of God. I appreciate that. Does that mean something more than just yes. great job, everybody? Yes. Amen. Yes. Come on, are you with me? Yes. Be ye kind one to another, one on one. Yes. How long has it been since you were kind? <laughs> Your family, oh, I was kind. Yeah. How about being kind in church? Yeah. 
When's the last time you were kind to somebody in this house right here? In the house of God. How can you show kindness in church to somebody else? Pray for them. Pray for them. Smile. Smile. They don't want some of their spots. Don't bite their hands. I hope that everyone in this house makes you feel like you belong. Someone talked to me recently about we went to another church in town. They walked in. There were about a hundred people there that time that went in. This person told me nobody looked at me. Nobody said anything to me. No one even knew that I was there. Except for three people. And those three people that acknowledged me and greeted me were new themselves. Why is it that people can walk into a church and no one notices or gives any indication that they're happy right there? You've heard it. You may have experienced it. Folks, I've heard it more times than I care to count. People tell of walking into churches and they're if anyone looks at them, it's a glare. Like, why are you here? Not a greeting. No recognition. When's the last time you looked at somebody and meant it when you said, I'm glad to see you today. It is great to have you in the house of God. I missed you the other day. Does that matter? Come on, folks, does it matter? I know this is a run of the aisles kind of thing. This is down-to-earth, heart-of-God kind of teaching I'm giving you right now. It matters when you connect with somebody and let them know, I'm glad you're part of the family of God. I am glad you're here. Church wouldn't be the same without you, friend. I say it, I mean it. Church would not be the same without any of you here. You are my family. You are God's family. I'm glad you're a part of what we call this church family. Amen. And I hope you feel that. And I hope you know that. Not just from me, but from everybody else in this house. You know what? I drugged God down so many times I can't even begin to count. Right. Yeah, he loves me. Yes. And he picks Amen. me up. And one of my brothers or sisters is dragging me down because they're going through something they don't know how to handle. God, let me be a little piece of God, an extension of his love, and help build them up instead of avoiding them because they always drag. Be kind one to another. 
Tenderhearted, one again. I've asked this question recently. What does it mean to be tenderhearted? It means to be moved with, the comp with compassion for others. Just as Jesus saw the multitudes that brought all their sick to him and says he was moved with compassion. The woman who was dragged to him by the religious leaders of the day. Lord, the law of Moses says this woman should be stoned and killed. What do you say? Without sin, cast the first stone. He was moved with compassion. According to whose law? Was it Moses' law? Whose law was it? God's law. And who was Jesus? God manifested in flesh. It's his law. They said Moses' law. It's really his law. What they were really saying is, you say you're God? Let's prove it. God said, he was caught in adultery, stoned him, killed him. Here she is. What are you going to do? Jesus was tender-hearted. He was moved with compassion. The law says this, yes, but you know what? Mercy says it a whole lot louder than stone her and kill her. Mercy says, neither do I condemn you. Go and sin. Instead of being so quick to judge somebody, why don't we give mercy a chance? Can we do that? Can we let grace speak up a little louder than our own parroting of the law? Be kind one to another, tender-hearted. Forgiving, what does it mean to forgive? What does it mean to forgive? Come on, someone tell me, what does it mean to forgive? They did something bad to you, what are you going to do? We keep saying forgive them. What does it mean to forgive? When someone does something bad to us, we forgive them. What do we do? Tell them it's all okay. All clean. It's all right. We quit bringing it up at the Thanksgiving table. Amen. We quit talking about it. We quit rubbing their face in it. We quit reminding them of what they did to us. The moment you remind somebody else how much they hurt you, oh, I've forgiven you, but I can't forget. Hello? That's why you can't have grace and mercy in God. You can't forgive your brother, your sister, your mom, your dad, your family, your friends, whoever. How can you expect God to forgive you? How can you accept the forgiveness of God? Friend, you, if you forgive somebody, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts, our sins, as we forgive those who sin against us. If you forgive, you let go. You tell them the slate's clean. And then you act like the slate is clean. Not always thinking, not always holding on to it, friend. There are so many roots of bitterness that intertwine themselves in our souls because of old hurts that we can never get past. 
to find grace in our own experience mm -hmm. so that we can give grace to somebody else. Yeah. They may not deserve it, but you know what? Neither do you not deserve it. And be ye kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving. There's our one another again bit, folks. Forgiving is not a blanket thing. Forgiving is looking the one in the eye that hurt you and say, you know what? It's all right here. Forgiving one another. Even, even as what? Even as God, and he puts a clause in there, very important. Even as God, for, for Christ's sake, has forgiven you. You understand what that means? It means we didn't deserve to be forgiven. It means God had no reason to forgive us. Amen. Are you hearing me? And yet because of Christ, that Lamb of God, where God, again, he manifested himself to us, walked among us, dwelt among us. He offered himself as a sacrifice for us, friend. Mercy was on full display at the cross of Calvary. Grace was on full display at the cross of Calvary. That was the place where we saw God say, you don't deserve forgiveness, but I love you so much. I forgive you of all sin. <laughs> Forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake. And friend, for Christ's sake, that's not cursing, I'm calling this out as Paul did. For Christ's sake, learn to forgive somebody else. We do that. You'll find Thanksgiving comes naturally. When you forgive. Amen. 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 You'll have a lot to be thankful for when you accept forgiveness from God. And when you accept forgiveness from somebody else, you'll give glory to God. Amen. And you'll generate thanksgiving in somebody else. Amen. If you can forgive them, it's going to make them feel good. Thanksgiving should be a joyous one. I know the world ignores Thanksgiving anymore. Go straight for Halloween to Christmas, right? The after they the holiday after uh, Halloween, Christmas carol start. And the Chinese talking about the thing. Walmart sneaking in. The the Walmart. They're sneaking in Christmas carol once every third or fourth song. Yeah, Christmas. Buy, 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 buy some more, buy some more. This Thanksgiving, we need to pause and do that. Really be thankful for what for the kindness of God towards us. And as we do that, friend, be thoughtful, be deliberate. Be one on one with somebody else. And if they've hurt you, forgive them. If they've snubbed you, forgive them. Show kindness. Find a way to make somebody feel good about themselves. Be ye kind 
one to tenderhearted, forgiving one another, yeah. even as God for Christ's sake has forgiven you. Those are the gifts of the Spirit. Yes, they are. They absolutely are. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Lord. I accept all forgiveness today. Some need more than others.